morning. Has God not blessed us this morning to have such an amazing worship time before this? This morning I'm going to talk a little bit about our youth group and what we've done in the last, mostly in the last term. We spent a few nights going out on the streets and just sharing God's love with other people. We've explored many aspects of what an intimate and true walk with God looks like. We began this quite a while ago with Tim and McKenna, who helped with our youth group, teaching us a little bit about what just a core lesson that they learned during their time in Africa, what our identity should be in Christ that it's an absolutely crucial foundation for any sharing of the gospel, whether that be up here preaching or out on the streets, casually talking to people, that we need that firm foundation. As Paul told the Romans, we're those who receive such overflowing grace. But in order for a cup to overflow... It needs solid sides and a firm base. We can't overflow God's love and grace to others if we don't have Jesus set as our foundation to be firm and never-ending. Because in Solomon's words, when the, whirl, when the whirlwind passes by, the wicked is no more. But the righteous has an everlasting foundation. King Solomon referred to as the wisest man in the Old Testament referred to people who followed God as righteous or wise and those who lived worldly lives as wicked. Some translations of Proverbs even use the term godly and ungodly rather than wise and wicked. That's the kind of relation that these words had to Solomon. He also underlines the fact that he who keeps instructions is in the way of life, but he who refuses correction goes astray, in Proverbs 10. If we're to be in the way of life with our Father, we need the everlasting foundation that is the intimate knowledge of our identity in Christ. As I mentioned, last term we spent just a few hours out on the streets on a Wednesday night with our youth group over three different weeks. In preparation for this, we learned some diagrams, such as the three circles diagram you can see here, which is a simple way to explain the gospel in relation to real-life circumstances going from God's perfect creation to a broken world and only through Jesus' death and resurrection and through us turning to believe in him can we return to it. I've personally shared this with with others which led to increased curiosity and greater opportunity to share his love. The reality of these times on the street 
is that there will always be a whirlwind. Some mix of rejection, incorrect words, and persecution, all of which happened to us just in these three nights going out. Meaning that in order to do the righteous work of God, we need a strong foundation and firm footing in him. As easy as it is to be discouraged by this storm, we persevered to a truly amazing outcome. With only around 10 youth each night, we were out for about two hours, and we approached 50 people and were able to communicate God's love to 38 of those. Twice we were given words from God depicting correct information about that person's life. And we saw 17 people healed. We saw one person re-enter into a relationship with Jesus. And we saw one person come to know him. These results are living proof of God's overflowing love and grace for us. And confirmation of what Matthew recorded, that he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. Just in this short time, we've seen some of the fruit of what God has given us in healings and salvation of some of God's own children. But Solomon writes of a greater outcome. That the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life and that he who wins souls is wise. The wise or the godly that Solomon writes of are those who in the face of fear trust in God. Our discipleship, our following of him, must be a courageous and trusting walk if we wish to see the fruit of it. Now, I'm going to invite some of the other youth up to share a testimony of the, this time that we did spend out on the street, times when they courageously stepped out and when they courageously talked to others about a topic that can be very taboo in a lot of different situations. So first I'd like to invite Claudia up to give us a testimony to, uh, to what her time was like. Hi, my name's Claudia. <laughs> um, fear is something we all face in our lifetimes. And as disciples of Christ, fear is something that many of us are faced with on our journey to bring God's kingdom down on earth. But the journey isn't about the fear or the struggles that come with discipleship. The journey is about how we conquer these fears and learn to put God before our own struggles. To put God above it all and step out in faith and love. And that brings me to this message that I actually received not too long ago. Uh, it was actually last Sunday, later in the day, um, I was reaching out to God and praying with a desire to be nearer to him. Um, 
And then this need came over me to ask that he would make his tower taller than all other towers in my life. At that moment, I received a vivid vision in my heart of a tower, golden and brilliant, cast out among all other towers, and they were many, which were dull, gray, and made of stone. Whereas this tower was so giant, so massively tall, and sure enough, it stood at the very center of this great kingdom. Its height dwarfed the towers of stone surrounding it, and every inch of the structure shone inexhaustibly with pure white gold light as the sun. And I knew that this beautiful shining tower was made completely and utterly of his Holy Spirit. I immediately understood what it all meant. God wants his tower to be taller than all other towers in our lives. God wants his tower, or in other words, himself, to be the center, the truth, and the life of our kingdoms. We all have towers of different heights and sizes that are meant to represent some part of our lives that is not of God, but of ourselves. They are our obsession with cats, social media, um, our daily fitness routine, how aesthetic your meal looks right now, social media, um, how clean the house looks 24-7, or how much you really feel like eating a chicken sandwich, social media. But they might also behold more sincere details of our lives that we commit to on a daily basis, such as our social reputations, or perhaps even our internal, internalized worries or fears, our insecurities and the issues we face and the challenges we try to overcome on our own. These towers are scattered all over our kingdom. Some may be larger, prouder. Some may draw your eye more than others. Some may even be in the process of being built. All those hundreds of hunched towers that, granted, make our kingdom look like a proper kingdom are all symbols of the parts of our lives, of what we choose to follow in our hearts, or what we hold dearly to ourselves, that are stranded still from God's light and intimacy. God wants his tower to be the tallest of all, and in, in all your kingdom, God wants his relationship with you to be the one thing that truly matters to you out of all of it, no matter how much you really love that one brand of oatmeal. The question stands, what would you sacrifice for God? Is there anything in your life that if God asked you to get utterly rid of, you wouldn't be able to walk away from? We tend to put many things before God. We may see him for a short while and then we see the things we're most distracted by in our lives. And like moths to the flame, we mindlessly flutter towards it. It's just, it's not the right flame. It's not the sun. Because we do this, we block ourselves off from God. Because we've become so fixated on the importance of the glory of our worldly desires and affairs. The thing is, no matter how glorious your kingdom may appear, no matter how far it stretches across the land or how tall your towers may reach, your kingdom will never be as glorious as it could be if it had God reigning over all of it. So before I go, allow me just to pose a question to all of you that you'd give it just a little bit of thought. It doesn't have to be much. But just stop and ask yourselves this. How tall is your tower of God? And is it taller than your towers of stone? Um, 
that was a message that I felt really, really powerful that I needed to share. Um, wasn't specifically about discipleship, but I did. I tried to lead it into the fear, the fear of s- discipleship. Um, there's been quite a lot of fear involved, and it's just about putting God above those fears and putting Him above those struggles and everything. Um, so yeah, over to Matthew. Hi, um, I'm Matthew, and I like to start us off with a testimony. A testimony. So last year, um, Josiah and I, um, we decided to go out at our school and share Jesus, share the three circles, which you just saw a tiny little illustration of. Um, we decided to go out uh, at our school and share the three circles with people. We had just come from a youth night where we had reached some people. I don't remember the exact number, but we had reached some people, and you could say we were still on fire for God. So the next day, we we went out, and as we went out, we asked the Holy Spirit to lead us to someone, to make someone send out to us, to give us a word of knowledge for someone. Uh, we came to a caretaker, a caretaker of a school, and we just shared Jesus with him, talked to him about Jesus. It turns out he was a Christian, and yeah, it was something I didn't quite expect to find, but it was encouraging. We ended up talking about how encouraging it was for the caretaker to see people moving out for God, Um, me and Josiah just stepping out, talking people sharing Jesus and how it was encouraging for him to actually be Christian. It's sometimes quite lonely for us to think we're the only Christians and stepping out might be dangerous since it's like us against the world. It feels like the world's just a cold, dark place that's against us. Uh, I have a few lessons that I learned that I'd like to share. Sorry. <laughs> One is stepping out is always going to require some amount of faith. In Second Corinthians chapter five or seven, it says we live by faith and not by sight. Stepping out usually uh, to share the three circles or Jesus in any way is sometimes nerve-wracking. Always nerve-wracking for me. It's always requires the Holy Spirit to lead you and you to just be trusting of the Holy Spirit and open to his guidance. And a second thing would be stepping out, just talking about God will often be discomfortable, uncomfortable, and give you a bit of discomfort and may cost you something and ask you for you to sacrifice your time, comfort, something it's just how it typically is I'd like to wrap up with a little encouragement Deuteronomy 31 6 be strong and courageous do not fear or dread of them for it is the Lord your God who goes with you he will not leave you or forsake you and Romans 8 31 what shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can be who can ever be against us?
everyone is eternal. Everyone you bum shoulders with in a hallway, everyone you sit next to on a plane or a bus, everyone you meet in a cafe or walk with on a streetway. I feel it's my message today. God's calling you and encouraging you to step out because everyone's everyone who's not a Christian is a lost brother or sister and it everyone's eternal. They're going to either heaven or hell and I feel it's a message of encouragement for you this morning to just step out in faith and love and trust in God. Morning. Um, my name is Hannah. Um, on Monday after school, I was just texting one of my Catholic classmates. So we're just talking about like random stuff, and she started like um, complaining to me that she had throat pain. So I told her that I was gonna pray for her and that Jesus is gonna heal her from her house. And she's kind of like, okay, let's see how it goes. So I prayed for her from my house, but I wasn't like texting the prayer. I just simply commanded healing from home and kept texting. I'd find out how her throat was. So we kept praying. The pain kept going down. And then finally, the fifth time, she had no pain at all. <laughs> distance healing or healing at a distance is possible and biblical. For example, Mark 7, the Syrophoenician woman's daughter, gets healed by Jesus at a distance. Luke 7, the centurion's servant gets healed at a distance. In John 4, the official son gets healed at a distance. The sick couldn't always make their way to Jesus, but at his command, from a distance, they were healed instantly. Ministering and receiving healing is our right and responsibility as Christians. In fact, we're commanded by Jesus to preach the gospel, to, to preach the kingdom, to heal the sick, to raise the dead, to cleanse the lepers, and to drive out demons. Distance isn't a, distance isn't a hindrance, and it won't stop anyone from being healed. Because, according to James 5, it's the prayer of faith that makes the sick person well. Any and every sickness can be healed provided one operates in faith. The idea of following Jesus is to always look like him. The father wants us to be accurate representatives of his son. Matthew says that it's enough for a disciple to be like his teacher. First John says he who abides in him ought himself to walk even as he walked. You cannot claim to abide in Christ and not walk in power. Our lives have to be a copy of what his life on earth looked like. But before any of that, we have to abide in him. We have to get to know him. We have to be filled with him. You can't give what you don't have. And that place is where we grow, we grow in seeing from his perspective. It's where we get his heart for the lost. That is where we abide. It is no mistake at all that you're in the family or workplace or school or community or neighborhood that you're in. Be a light to those people. Be doers of the word and not hearers only. What you do displays what you believe. 
Something you could also look for is what is called like a reverse water knowledge. It's when you hear someone complain or say they have an issue, or if you see obvious signs of someone in healing, just, just go for it. And just a really quick um, side note, it's not about, like, we're not just all about ticking boxes or getting things done. Yes, we do want to be intentional about sharing the gospel, but it never, ever becomes a chore. It's, I genuinely want to be the hands of fear in Jesus. I want to move in compassion, you know. <laughs> My prayer for the body of Christ is that she'd know who she is and she'd walk in her identity so that the lamb who was slain receive his reward for suffering. Thank you. Hello, oh, yeah, sweet. Man, I'm just overwhelmed by, by what God's doing for our youth. And um, man, I, I just can't get over it, eh? Like how a simple step of faith can can impact people's lives. And I believe, like Hannah said, identity is our foundation. And I'm, I'm genuinely convinced that if we get a perspective of our identity, a perspective of eternity, then we can truly step out in evangelism. You know, we're already seated with Christ in heavenly places. So many people will, will talk down themselves and say, oh, you know, I'm, but I'm just a sinner. I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Well, it is true that we were sinners and we were saved by grace. The Bible says that we're saints and that we're more than conquerors through Christ who loved us. So we need to understand that. We need to be solidly founded in his love for us. Because when we do that, we can see other people's value and identity. It's, it's very important for me too in my own personal life. Before I knew Christ, I was very, very quiet, very timid, and I didn't really have any confidence in myself. I didn't know who I was. I was sad. I was angry. I was hurt. I was offended. But once I knew my identity, not only was I better, but I could see other people's potential and value. And, and this thing here, being disciples, they were intimate with Jesus. They knew him. They walked with him every day. And the same for us. We can know him and we can relate to him as our father. And he wants to know us. And the cool thing about evangelism is that it doesn't come from ourselves. It doesn't come from our ability or our goodness. Actually, 2 Corinthians 3 says that our sufficiency is not of ourselves, but it comes from God. He equips us to be ministers of the gospel. This is, uh, man, it's so simple, but we just, we overthink it and we, we believe so many lies that the enemy tells us. I know one is that, you know, oh, I'm, but I'm not an evangelist. How I would respond is, are you a believer? Who here is a believer? I'm guessing all of you. <laughs> and, you know, Mark 16 says believers will share the gospel. Believers will lay hands on the sick. So the requirement to share the gospel, are you a believer? It's as simple as that. All you need to do is believe. And we will walk in power and we'll walk in love because we know him for ourselves as our father. Another lie that people tell themselves is, you know, oh, what if I get rejected? Yeah, you might get rejected. That's what people are like. But who cares? We need to get a glimpse of eternity. They're loved by the Father too. And even though they might not know it, even though they might not act like it, He loves them and we need to see that. And when we see that, we can share the gospel through rejection. Who cares if they're getting rejected? You know, we're trying to, we're trying to protect our own ego. You know, the, what's the worst thing that could happen if we get rejected? Oh, you know, oh, I might be a little embarrassed, you know, all that stuff. 
But what is that in regards of eternity? Those people have souls. And at any time, they could just die like that without knowing God. And that's the worst thing. We don't want people like that. And we need to understand that it's, it's eternity right now. And that right now we can share the gospel with everywhere, with everyone we go to and everywhere we go. It doesn't have to be ministry. It doesn't have to be like a, you know, you don't have to have a ministry. You don't have to have like a, you know, Instagram page where people watch you and you have to share it with people. All you need to do, like I said, is be a believer. And once we do that, you can see crazy things happen. You don't have to be young. You don't have to be old. It doesn't matter as long as you're a believer. And it's true with our youth here. Our youth showed that we can share the gospel. No matter how young we are, no matter how inexperienced we are, we can actually step out and be disciples, disciple-making disciples. And it, it's so powerful, man. Just, just that, that reality of eternity. How many people pass away each day? I'm guessing it's, it's in the hundreds of thousands. And how many of them pass away without knowing God? And that grieves God's heart to see people pass away and, and go into eternity without Him. And I, I've had this real sense of urgency over the past few months to, to really grasp that. And it's helped me a lot. And I believe it will help the church a lot once we get a grasp of eternity that we can be true disciples. It's called the, uh, the Great Commission, not the Great Suggestion. He didn't say, oh, you might go share the gospel. He says, you will share the gospel. You will pray for the sick and you will baptize people in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And uh, it, it's so powerful. Uh, yeah, just before, before I want to wrap up, can I just get the youth to come up real quick? Um, just see if they have any words of knowledge. And um, can I also get the band to come up too, real quick? Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, it, it breaks my heart to see people not know God. And it breaks my heart to see the, the church stuck in an action. You know, you might have fear, but the ultimate, the ultimate combat to fear is action. And if we don't step out, then that fear will never go. And fear wants us to stay in an action. But the cool thing about Scripture is that, is that perfect love casts out fear. And that once we know Him, we can walk in love, we can walk in power, and we can walk in boldness. So that's my encouragement to you guys. Just to, just to really understand that, that it doesn't matter who you are, how old you are, what your, what your skin color is, what, what your, what your um, economic situation is, doesn't matter. doesn't matter how smart you are, doesn't matter how, how rich you are. All that matters is that, is that you're a believer and that you're a son and he loves you so much. So I bless you guys. So what we're going to do now is just going to um, get into some ministry time. And um, if these guys have any words of knowledge, then they can, they can share it with the church. You guys have anything? Um, is there anyone that maybe like struggles? I mean, I mean, gets strokes quite often here. Okay. Can you please come down? Is there anyone else? you all as well uh, just as Josiah said it's not about being the perfect person who's not scared who's completely brave to step out but it's about being courageous not not having the fear it's about stepping out 
despite being completely full of fear. None of us here are perfect. No one is. You would, you would search the whole world and you would find nothing that is perfect. So I, I just want to encourage you, things like the three circles, they're, they're just two clicks away on a computer. You can find those sorts of tools. And I'm just going to encourage you, go out and do this and just pray. If you want to have words of knowledge, pray and pray and pray. Lord, give me a word of knowledge, whether it takes two months or two seconds. If you're faithful and you ask God diligently, he will provide for you whatever it is that you need. Also, if anyone else has any, any pain in their bodies, just come down and we'll pray for you. And also, if you don't know Jesus, he loves you so much and he wants to know you. So I encourage you, come down here, we'll pray for you and we'll encourage you and we'll, we'll walk with you because he loves you. So if anyone, anyone has any pain, just come down. But we're just going to go into some ministry time, just have some worship. And yeah, man, just be encouraged because he loves you guys so much and he loves the world. And he's called us to step out in boldness to love the world just as he loved us because when we were broken he loved us so bless you guys so much we're just going to go into some worship right now and um, if you have any prayer just come down and we'll pray for you to cry out. 